Hey, Judith. Hi. Welcome to a Weave You Wednesday. And it's actually a Weave You Wednesday, not a Weave You Thursday. Hell <laughs> yes, you can't beat it. Uh, and so today's a double feature, too. It is featuring mine. Mine being Morgan. That's me. I'm Morgan featuring my favorite movie today, uh, uh, Forrest Gump. And my favorite movie, uh, Josh the Homosexual, the Faggot, also known as Judy and um, the Queen. Uh, he says the Queen like he's the one who has five tiaras in his bedroom upstairs. No, I mean the one that died. Oh. Yeah. I'm Perfectly just, fine, I'm then, just I guess. i dragged out here. Um, but my favorite film which we've already talked about a little bit because of current events but titanic so we uh already attempted to do this and the fucking things hate us which you know we are not a stranger to technical difficulties we Mm. just have to be paying better attention because you know we can't just (laughs) yeah yeah, keep trying to record stuff oh hold on i don't know what's happening it's still recording great it's still not I was freaking out for a second. I said, what's happening? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we are going to jump in with my favorite again, which is one of my all-time favorites. I can watch it all the time. Steven threw a huge fit with me because I wanted to watch it again on Sunday Okay. when he goes, you don't have to. And I said, yes, I do. And he says, no, you don't. I said, I do because it's for the pod. And he goes, you can quote it without even watching it. I said, I know. I want to watch it. Because it is my all-time favorite movie, Bob Zemeckis, the director, is a fucking genius. Robert Can, Zemeckis, yes. Yes, he did all those fun uh, Back to the Future movies, Death Becomes Her. He did Welcome to Marwin, Toy, uh, Small Soldiers, like uh-huh. that one's a fucking great. Um, Tom Hanks, the magical gym that is America's dad, and we have to protect him at all fucking costs. Uh-huh. You can't even for a second. Let me tell you something. You remember <laughs> when we found out that he was like for the first celebrity with COVID? Yes. I freaked yes. the fuck out. I do. I remember that. <laughs> I was losing my shit. And then, I do remember. Then this isn't going to come to you a surprise for you now like it did when I told you this a little bit ago with the recording. But Forrest Gump is directly related to why I watched the Final Destination 5 movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because of McKelty Williamson, who plays our friend Benjamin Buford, Flew, uh, Benjamin Buford Blue in Forrest Gump. He's Bubba. Um, but he's only in one other movie, and that is the Final Destination 5 movie. Yeah. And so I have watched that, literally went to go change it, and I saw he was in it, and I said, well, hold the fucking phone. <laughs> I ain't seen that name anywhere else. That name wouldn't have flagged anything for me. No, I just, and I don't, ex- the like, the thing is, is, is I don't expect anybody else to have ever been like, oh, my God. But I've looked up and been like, man, he's got to be in other things. He's not in a single other fucking thing. Yeah. And so when I found it on TV that day, I was like, holy shit, I'm in. Sign holy me shit, shit. I just wanted to be able to see uh, Bubba without, like, you know, talking about shrimp a million fucking times. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but also, too, uh, but also, too, the thing that I found really lovable, I mean, I love all the characters because I think they're all so relatable, mm-hmm. but um, I love that Bubba is sitting on the bus to go to boot camp after being drafted. Yeah. He's wearing a little bow tie. Yeah. <laughs> I just never even like looked at like what he was wearing. I just always just looked at him and was just so I've just always been so enamored by the characters. But yeah. let's get directly in to the things I have learned, know, and will always love about this movie. So something I definitely love is that they did the Netflix made for uh TVs that made us. Uh not TV, this was movies. Movies that, that, movies made, that made us. Made yeah, us. Yeah, they yeah, did yeah. all those other they did Christmas ones, all that stuff. But the thing that made me love it so much more is that they had a hard time with getting the movie made to the point that they were already at. And then the the fucking production team, Paramount, comes in and is like, hey, no, we need to cut. They wanted to cut out all of the Vietnam stuff. They wanted to cut out the like the, like, the silly little things with the shrimp boat and stuff like that. And they came in and said, no, like we want to make this movie right. Like there are certain things we can toss out that we don't have to have. But Bob. Zemeckis and Tom Hanks are like, we'll throw our own fucking cash into this. Yeah. We're going to make this movie the way it needs to be fucking made. For sure. And so it's, to me, just something I fucking love about it even more. Um, I love, I realize I'm saying I love a lot, but that's also too because I do 
I fucking love this movie because I grew up with it. My mom and dad had it on a VHS tape. We were able to watch it all the time. And me and my sister loved to repeat the stupid little quotes of like, he shot me in the buttocks. But then the buttocks. Oh, dude, we walked around and said buttocks all the fucking time. Uh, run, forest run, something bit me. Uh, those are all like the stupid little, we love shit happens as well, but we weren't supposed right. to say that nearly Crooked as much. Crooked as a question mark. Crooked, crooked as a question mark was one of my favorites. It took me a long time to realize what was going on with the leg brace situation. But um, I loved like it had those fun little quotes in it. And then it, because I love the quotes in it, when we were kids and had to ride in the truck with my dad in long periods of time, we would get books on tape at the library. Because I also, too, I can't read yeah. in a car. I get sick if I try to read in a car. But if we uh, we got Forrest Gump on tape to listen to, and the stories are n- like not even really close to being the same, but they have the same character feel to them, and that is just delightful to me. I love yeah. it so much. But also, too, then as I got older, the things I started to like realize that I did not realize as a kid, you know, uh, Forrest being named after a KKK member who is a family oh my member. God, yeah. That nobody, like his mom's like, oh, it's just to remind us that sometimes we do things that just don't make no sense. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, I don't understand what naming your child after a yeah, I don't really clan member is going to do to remind you to not do stupid things. But okay. Um, also, too, what happens in Jenny's dorm room after Forrest saves her, quote unquote, saves her from the guy in the parking lot. Uh huh. Like, I didn't realize what was going on there at all. Right. Um, And then as I got older, the fact that, like, the things that I had already kind of, like, watched with him and I then learned about, I love that I was able to learn about it and grow with him. And it opened me up to other things because I became interested in it. But also, too, to see that, like, he's going to these places that have huge monumental moments happen, like the fucking first school being integrated. The, yeah, like, he's he's around for so many important things in history that that's kind of the big, I think the big main focus or kind of through line about the film is there's always these things that Forrest tends to be at or a catalyst for what actually happens in it. Yeah. Uh, in history, where as a kid, none of that, everything went right over my head. And as an adult, I'm like, oh, that this is, like, some important thing that he was a part of, you well, know? Well, and even and, then, like, I do remember, like, I re- like I don't know why, and I can't answer how, and it probably is the first time I've ever seen what, like, JFK or Lyndon B. Johnson was supposed to look like and stuff like that when I was a kid. Uh-huh. But then as I grew up, I knew who they were. Or, like, I didn't, it wasn't a new thing for me to go to school and then be like, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that dude. Like, he was yeah. a Forrest Gump. Like, I know who these... Took me a while to remember who Dick Cavett was because that was one that I just never heard him say his name very well. Right. But uh, the only thing that I have against that movie, against Forrest Gump, and this is the only complaint I have with the movie. So are you ready? Okay. On Dick Cavett, when Forrest Gump comes in there and is talking to him about his trip to China. Okay. He's sitting next to John Lennon. Oh, all right. But when he's talking to him, John Lennon, the guy who's voicing John Lennon's, like, like avatar whatever you want to call it the little cgi john lennon they have there yeah he uh does not sound british doesn't even sound like john lennon in any way shape or form in my opinion it was very weird because when i listened to it i'm like that's the only time because i'm like oh i know who this man is but then as i got older i'm like why isn't he british like he's supposed to be british i don't care how long you've lived in america you're going to have an accent but um didn't he live in the uk when he died no, he was living in uh, New York City. He was living at the Dakota. Oh, was he shot in New York? Uh, in 1980, okay. yeah. I didn't know that. I mm-hmm. thought he was shot in the UK. No, um, he actually was able to mildly predict his own death, actually, which was really entertaining. Mm-hmm. He told someone, they asked him, like, how are you going to die? Like, how do you think you're going to die? Is what somebody asked him. He goes, I don't know. I'll probably be popped off by some loonies, what he literally said. Yeah. And then what it was is a guy pretending to want an autograph from him shot him. Oh, I him. know that story, yeah. Yeah. It's the craziest shit, man. Like, what the fuck? It's crazy. You crazy, girl. Um, but so then even then, like, you know, just the things about him that helped me learn things about the world and grow with it. And I've already, I, I confessed my undying love and happy spot being Forrest Gump's house. Yeah. Hanging out with little Forrest. I'm going to hang out in that tree. In your imagination. Yeah, in my imagination. But I can always have whatever imagination I want to have. I just love this movie so I much. know you do. I, I gave it some really solid notes. <laughs> I got, I got, I put in here like how easy it is for me to like quote the movie. 
But also, too, the thing about it is the story is so easy to tell. It's like even with how many fucking ridiculous story, like plot points there are to it. It's still such an easy, like you could literally just be like, this is a guy who happened to just be at the most memorable fucking points in history. Yeah. He's just a weird little idiot who everybody, he's just a lovable character. Like you can't. Yeah. You can't hate him. Like it doesn't matter how stupid he is sometimes. Yeah. He's doing what he is trying. He's trying his fucking best and we just better eat it up. He's trying his best. <laughs> so how old were you when you realized that Jenny was going to die of AIDS? It took me till I was probably out of high school me to too. realize was, what was, was going on, actually. I was an adult when I realized she died of AIDS. Um, so it was, like, the thing that I love is that Forrest is so lovable. Then all the characters and the actors are all so great. And the story is so, like, so light, even though there are such heavy moments. Yeah, there's... There's some, like, there's some tugging at your heartstrings moments. There's... Oh, dude, like, literally the fact that... uh, This is in my notes, and we did talk about this before the fucking thing decided to fart us. Like, it took me so long, because how light the story made it to Mm -hmm. me, to realize what Jenny's dad was doing to her. Yeah, for sure. And I even wrote in my notes, rotten fucking cunt. Yeah. Fuck that man. Horrible, That's disgusting. Horrible person. You know what though? You know what that part in that movie did make me want to do? It always made me throw wanna... rocks at houses. <laughs> I wish I could, but I know I can't. <laughs> um, but I always wanted to run through a cornfield because the way they moved through it, the way it sounded. Okay. I don't know what it is, but it's like this. It's the way the blades hit them and the way it sounds. Yeah. Like it's just got this like pattery noise, and oh, I yeah. love it. And I remember when as a kid, I always wanted to do that. My mom's like, you realize running through a cornfield, like those fucking things cut you, right? Yeah. So then as I got older, I realized that. So I can't run through the cornfield. And you get like eaten by monsters. That sounds like a pleasant surprise for me. You ever seen signs? No, I haven't. Oh, shit. That's right. You haven't seen no, signs. No, I've never seen signs. Um, but also to <laughs> the way it introduced me to so many of my favorite songs. Like I love Credence. Credence Clearwater Revival mm-hmm. is something I listen to quite frequently still on a daily basis different versions of songs they've done all that stuff but then also uh (laughs) i felt like the fucking actors the characters all of them were so fucking immaculate they're Mm -hmm. so good uh gary sinise being somebody who like already had a family full of vets yeah plays lieutenant dan and i think it's just the fact that like playing that character and how lieutenant dan is so angry with how he's being treated i think it definitely gave him a great perspective on that shit yeah because then he's now gone around and done so much stuff for veterans around the country which is awesome um i just like that he likes to take care of them like i think that's so cute sure. um one of my thing i have things of note uh things that i would like to point out that make no fucking sense to me and i would like to point this out that i noticed is- hey why don't you shut the door since we're trying to keep the flies out of the house you little bitch <laughs> steven just went outside i had to <laughs> but so uh this is something i noticed with big mouth also especially in the very first episode andrew laying on that trundle bed and just jerking it next to nick uh-huh on that fucking bed yeah 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 the fact that they are all of these grown men are laying in army bunks yeah passing around a nudie mag and jerking oh, off for sure. and the f- what the fuck are you guys doing when is that? When did that ever seem like socially acceptable things to do that, with other men around? I mean, guys watch porn and jerk off together. I've watched porn with my girlfriends, but we're not jerking it. We're not masturbating. We're just but, watching fucking porn. But no, like in like grow like high school and middle school, not really high school, middle school and grade school, we did that. But they didn't know that I was enjoying it a lot more than they were. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so, uh, yeah, that to me already. That, that to me is one of my fucking things that I'm just like, no, no, I don't like that. It's quite common. Okay. You would be very surprised. Oh, that's why I made, I made a very general note that said, men in general, what the fuck is wrong with you is what I literally wrote in my notes. Sometimes you just have to go, would you like a hand? Are you tired? And then they'll be like, you know, I am tired. You, you know, know what? I could, I could definitely go for my bros, my bros handy right now. That'd be great. Just lean on back. Um, you talked about our girl, Jenny. And I have a very fair summation as to why we should kind of cut Jenny a break. You can go for it, but... I think once I explain it... I don't think so. I, I think do not I, like Jenny. Okay, so here's what I'm going to go with. Let me get myself... Ugh, let me get myself resituated here. 
Jenny is a fucking mess. I'm going to read you this word for word because okay. I wrote this all out very well. We all know that. But once you stop and think about what was going on with her, remember that they're adults in the 60s. So they would have been kids in the late 40s, early 50s. Okay. Homegirl was making the best of what she had going on. She was self-medicating just like everybody else. Sure. Because fuck therapy then. You were crazy if you went to therapy. Like there was something really wrong with you if you were going to therapy. Um, So, of course, things like alcohol, drugs, their risky sexual behavior, all that stuff is things she was doing to just simply like soothe the thoughts in her head. She'd been being molested by her father for who I knows mean, how okay, fucking yes, long. Okay, yes, I get that. I get. And that. then she goes from that to like when she finally gets out of there, she moves in with a grandma, who she isn't comfortable obviously staying with. Granted, I do love the fact that like, I think when she when Forrest talks about Jenny sneaking out of his her grandma's house and coming to his house to sleep over. Yeah, I love the fact he's like, I think she was afraid of her grandma's dog. He was a mean dog. <laughs> <laughs> it just is like the weirdest thing. But even then, like. You also have to give Robin Wright the biggest fucking round of applause for the fact that she did such a great job playing a character who is equal parts lovable and hateable all at the same time. Like, you just want to shake her and smack the fuck out of her, but you also just want to give her a huge hug after you've hit the hit. Yeah. You just smack the shit out of her. And um, I fucking love how serious, like, how literal Forrest takes things. Uh-huh. Like, even then, like, with, I have the LBJ thing in here, but even then with JFK... Yeah. With him being like, how's it feel to be an All-American? And everyone's like, it's a great honor, sir. And he gets up, he's like, I have to pay. I have to pay. <laughs> and then when he's in there talking to Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon B. Johnson, LBJ, yeah. literally is in there. And he's like, I heard you were wounded. Where were you shot? And he goes, right in the butt tops. Right and, he the goes, butt tops. and he goes, I bet that's a sight. I'd like to see that one day. And instead of like just waiting, just turns around and drops his fucking pants and shows him his ass. Now, why did he say, I'd like to see that someday? Yeah, that's because a little that weird. that seemed a little sus. Now, I will also tell you the things to consider. I'd like to see that injury, young man. Yeah, why you don't you come into my private quarters? <laughs> Forrest said, I don't need to go anywhere private with you, bro. Let me just show He's you like, my no, ass. He's like, no, I'm not going with you. Would you like to see my ass right now? Um, I am going to give you a few of my favorite quotes. And okay. if you have some from Forrest Gump as well, because it is such a quotable movie. I mean... I'm not as like dude, I deep lo- into I know like just like the famous ones. Like, dude, okay, no. Like about such so those are great ones. I also like that not not everyone always talks about the fact that he is like eating a chocolate. Like someone will just like say like life is like a box. They, they don't say it like you never know what you're gonna get. Cause yeah, because he's, like, he's, chewing, he's chewing a chocolate. <laughs> and even then, the best part about it is is because it's the whole the whole majority of the movie is him just sitting on this bench waiting to go see Jenny, right? So then when he finally gets to see her and she tells him he has the sun and everything, he's like, I brought you some chocolates. I ate some. You know know how long into my adulthood that it took took me to realize that, oh, the the part where he is there seeing them is him that he had left that bus stop station. Like, putting it together that, Mm -hmm. oh my God, this whole movie, he was just waiting to go see Jenny. The whole time he's been sitting there, like, just telling people stories about Didn't get that for a long time. Yeah. Um, so these, so obviously I still have shit happens on there because I said, that's one of my, it's one of my old time go-to favorites. I know one of them for you. Uh, I did also put an inconceivable amount of shrimp dishes is what I just put on there in total. Shrimp and potatoes, shrimp, crumbo, shrimp, creole, like all this stuff. Um, this is one of my favorites. Number one, I wasn't hungry. I was just thirsty. (laughs) And number two, since they was free, I must have had me about 15 Dr. Peppers. 15 Dr. Peppers. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so I had a fight in the middle of your Black Panther party. That's one of my... <laughs> that is a good one. My mother loves the to say that The middle of your me. Black Panther party. <laughs> my mom <laughs> will come in the house over here and we'll just like, I'll be like, oh, I was in the middle of cleaning. She's like, well, sorry, I had a fight in the middle of your Black Panther party. I was like, oh, okay, mom, thank you. <laughs> um, I had... Uh, she got the cancer and died on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Yeah, and I have it written out Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Um, this is one that I took me a long time to realize that this was what was being said to Forrest as he got on the bus in the army. Okay. Um, the guy at the front of the bus is yelling at him. Do you know what he yells at him? No. Get your faggoty ass on the bus. You're in the army now. No <laughs> shit. Seriously? <laughs> yes. Uh, another one of my other ones is can't sit here. <laughs> can't sit here. 
And then uh, when he's like, puts the gun together so fast, and that drill sergeant the entire time he's there just keeps hyping his ass up. Uh-huh. It's just like, you are so smart, blah, blah, blah. Like, just hyping him. And he puts that gun together, and he goes, why'd you put this gun together so quickly? He goes, you told me to, drill sergeant. <laughs> I know. That's another one we get at with my family, too. Like, you told me to, drill sergeant. So I... the big ones we use in our family is that one, and but mainly... Sorry, I had to fight in the middle of your Black, Black Panther, Panther party. That's so funny. <laughs> I know one that isn't like some crazy quotable quote, but one you, you absolutely love, and uh, it's probably one of your favorite things ever about the movie is "Happy New Year, Lieutenant Dan." Yes. So, so because I do love this movie so much, I actually cut. Have start this so this year alone will be the fifth year I've done this. Yeah. I cut my New Year's plans short. And I am home before 1030 so I, I can start the movie just in time for it to say Happy New Year, Lieutenant Dan, right at midnight. And I have done it the last five years. Now, have I fallen asleep three of those five years? Yes. Three of those four years? Yeah. But also, too, I still woke up just in time to yell, Happy New Year, Lieutenant Dan, and pass the fuck back out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it still to me is just the best lordy. day ever. It's the best lordy, day ever. lordy. <laughs> so, that is the review I have for my favorite movie, Forrest Gump. All right. I am, well, what are your final thoughts about Forrest Gump? The things I will give people, because there's a lot of people who are like, I just, it's just such a weird movie. I don't get it. Like, the mm. things are, you, like, I look at it, because I guess because I did start off watching it, like, through kid. Like, I was a kid. So, yeah. for me, if you just stop and look at it and listen to the story of it, like, yeah. just close your eyes and go for the fucking ride, man. Yeah. It's a good yeah. time. Well, I will say, like, you you know, that it's not, like, one of my faves or anything, but, I mean, I get that it's a well-made picture. The score is great. The oh. soundtrack is great. Acting is By phenomenal. the way, the uh, soundtrack is not great. Right. You did tell me this. Yes. Because I wanted to buy... Whoa. Oh, Robert, what the fuck? Uh, I wanted to buy... Um, I just wanted to have an album that had Freebird on vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I assumed it would have been on the Forrest Gump soundtrack because... One of the most pivotal Jenny moments is when she is doing all those drugs and she's in that mesh halter top, like, t- like, like it's almost like a handkerchief style top, whatever uh-huh. the thing it is, but it's that mesh, like metallic. She's in those fucking incredible silver fucking platform shoes yeah, yeah, yeah. and she is just rolling out of her fucking mind. Oh, she is having a great time. And she gets up there and she thinks she's going to be able to fucking yeah, jump off the, that building. Balcony, yeah. And she stops herself. But that's the entire... Freebird is playing in the whole background of that. That's the first time I recall knowing, recognizing, or no, like Freebird, well, that's where it came yeah. from. So for me, like when I wanted to like see if it was on the soundtrack, I was like, oh, it'll have some CCR on there. Yeah, it'll yeah, have yeah. all these other great things on there. And then to find out, oh no, it does not. And I was like, God that damn is not, it. That's not the case. That's no. not the truth, Ellen. Well, I do believe that, uh, you know, it's a good movie. It's just like one that you definitely had. You have a softer spot for than me. But I, I think that's the same on the same like side for me, like about how I feel about what my my film and you your know. opinion of it, too, even though you like it you're not like as crazy about it. Yeah. I, I remember I was into it when it first, like that one, when it first came out, mm-hmm. cause everybody was fucking into it. Oh, for sure. But even then I'm going to tell you something like this is it's, I mean, that's a good movie. I, my, I'm going to let you tell yours and then I'm going to say my favorite part about the movie. Okay. For you then. Well then let's take a short little break and then yes. we will get into my favorite movie. Titanic. Hey, how is your poop? <laughs> I'm like, let's take a break. Uh huh. Nope. I'm coming right. How in. was your shit? Hey. Um, it was uh needed. I had a good amount of coffee today. So. Oh well, you work at a coffee shop, so I would assume that's what would happen. Yep. Well. Okay, so we are enough on. about that old chestnut. Yeah, about that old chestnut. <laughs> let's get into the chestnut that is your favorite movie. Yeah. So my favorite movie is the 1997 blockbuster titanic um titanic is a movie that i saw in theaters at a very young age Um, which to me is still very fucking weird my babysitter took me that's right because we say that i say that almost every time you tell me you saw titanic in theaters and i go that makes no sense to me and you go my babysitter took took us nice she was 
not just like my like oh we got someone to babysit her for the weekend she was our daycare provider that was friends with my mom did she did you guys go as like a daycare adventure no, no? so oh, okay. okay i was like so wow here, what let a me, fun time let me just, <laughs> yeah that'd be wild my babysitter just used to bring over grease on vhs well that could be problematic but now well, yeah so here's the thing is rest my... in peace olivia newton john yeah and that uh, chestnut and, and fucking <laughs> whatever his name is that played Kaneki. Oh, um, I know his name. Hold on. Something, something drug out, freaky crazy. Yeah, he was. Well, you know. I'll, I'll but, look it up because yeah. I knew who it is. Well, okay. So my mom had become fairly decent friends with my uh, daycare lady when I was a kid. And her son and me were around the same age. And so I'd become friends with him. And so it was kind of like a weekend of I'm hanging out with. Jeff Conway. Jeff Conway, okay. Um, but it was a weekend I was hanging out with her son mm-hmm. because we were the same age. Not like she was babysitting me while my mom was at work. It was she's watching me this weekend because I'm staying over and hanging out with her son. And she decided to take me and him to the movie. Yeah. A movie she had already seen, by the way. Oh, so she was just trying to take you guys to the movie again. She wanted to go watch it again, so she t- she was like, we're going to go watch a movie. Oh. Um, and I remember being a little kid watching it in theaters. I, I do. Because okay. the only thing that sticks out to me is the sinking parts. Okay. Continue. That is That is the only thing that, like, because I was five. Yeah, because I was about No, six. I was six. You would have been six. I, was six. I was seven when it came out, I believe. The only thing that sticks out in my head in the images I see on a big screen as a kid are watching the not it's not like it was like traumatic but it's like it was there's such incredible dramatic images of sinking and breaking of glass and stuff he does a really good job providing exceptional imagery at least the thing so the thing about titanic is i've grown up re-watching it countless times but i can also tell you that uh, i watched it for the first time with my parents uh when it came out on vhs before they ever saw it and i remember telling my dad you're gonna see her boobies and my dad laughed and didn't think that i was being serious and then when the boobs came on screen he covered my eyes and mom went judy already showed them this in theaters like they didn't even know that that, that this was in the movie you i just know? love the fact and that you just literally like we're gonna see some tits dad. i just well i was like a little kid going like there are boobies come out like I love but, the, I mean and also too because you are a little kid I know you're saying boobies but my brain, I did say boobies yeah my I brain did. my brain is literally just like immediately tracking like if I was a child and I decided I was gonna say that I just make her tits are out like titties but, titties titties hey well, so it, the crazy thing about Titanic is I feel like I go on a bit of a journey with it in my mind where I for a long period of time didn't watch it uh we had it on VHS but then mm-hmm. it was on uh like TNT. It was Constantly. On TV. So I remember, especially right as the pandemic hit, because we all were going... I'm talking childhood, but yeah, okay. Well, no, but even then, when the pandemic hit... The pandemic. They fucking blasted that bitch on TV constantly. Well, and all over streaming. Well, but I mean, but, uh, I remember watching it on MTV, and it was very funny. Really? But here's what's so funny about it, is because we were working at the houses for my job, Um, a nurse came... We had a nurse who would visit daily just to check in on everybody, and she had like two or three other houses she checked in on. Uh and she came in and she goes are you serious i go what she goes i've been to the other houses already you guys are all watching fucking titanic like every house (laughs) that day was watching titanic well so james cameron is the director uh of titanic he's director extraordinaire yeah he uh was wildly famous before for uh the trans not transformers terminator movie (laughs) yes terminator films you're thinking of michael bay no, I'm not thinking of Michael Bay. I just accidentally tongue-tied Transformers and Terminators. You know, the fire but, explosion scenes in Forrest Gump could have come from Transformers. Maybe. Sure. The, dude, by the way, could you imagine... I'm going to... Sorry, I have to backtrack for just one second. Imagine being in that movie when they have to... Because that explosion scene was like a one-shot deal, you know? Uh-huh. Granted, they did the one-shot and then they superimpose like, you know tom hanks running through there and stuff like that because yeah. they had him run through it then they blew it all up 
and then put them together, which was awesome. Smart idea. Way to go, guys. But also, too, could you imagine being on that field and all that stuff, like, they're doing the napalm drops and shit? How fucking hot do you think it would be? Too hot. I'm sweating (laughs) thinking about it. Go ahead. Sorry. So, uh, James Cameron, he took on the... uh, the big feat of taking on this movie, there were a lot of other actors and actresses that were in line to play the roles of uh, Rose and Jack. Well, and I know um, it was because he'd become basically like obsessed with trying to find the yes. Titanic himself. So hit the, like the, the story at the beginning yeah. of the movie of Titanic, where he does go, uh, um, the late great, uh, fucking Bill, Bill Paxton. Paxton. Uh, he, uh, plays the character that is obsessed with finding the uh, heart of the ocean, and in the beginning, that character is kind of loosely based on James Cameron. On himself, away. yeah, because... not looking for the heart of the ocean, but, but with the ship itself. That's what he did. He went down. James Cameron discovered so much of like the the inside and stuff of the Titanic. Yeah. Like, um, and his fascination with it was very, very intense. Um. The actual casting of the film was quite a roller coaster. Um, people like Kirsten Dunst, uh, Nicole Kidman. Um, Kirsten Dunst? What yeah. Would this have been? She would have been really young. Well, that's what I'm saying. Granted, you have to consider the fact because we've looked. Because fa- Kate Winslet was like 19. Well, and you have to consider the fact that the things that uh, my family and I talk about when we watch these movies that are set in different time periods. Uh-huh. Like, you know, Gone with Wind, Gone with the Winds when we all watch. I asked my mom all the time, I'm like, how old do you think Scarlet was supposed to be in this moment? You know, Rose was only supposed to be like 16 years I old. I know, exactly. So even then, thinking of Kirsten Dunst, it doesn't sound filmed, crazy. I, feel, I believe they filmed it in like 95. So let's see. Kirsten so she would have been probably is 41. Okay. Titanic so is. She was born in 82. So even if they did it in. She would have only been 13 years old in 95. She wouldn't have really been old enough to play that uh, yeah, character. Yeah, I get the name. For some reason, her name comes up on stuff. I don't know what. Cameron hmm. Diaz comes up on the list. Cameron Diaz um, would have been a weird choice. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of them. A couple of them that I'm like, uh, I don't I don't understand this yeah. at all. Johnny Depp was in line to play uh, Jack. Um, That's a weird. I know. I Granted, know. you have to consider it being the early '90s. Johnny Depp had just well, and I'm just saying, like screen shit. tests happened, and they didn't get cast. You know, Are... I do believe that Kate Winslet was given the role after. I want to say it was after Nicole Kidman dropped out. And you know what? I what? Which she would have been waiting. I think she would have been too old to play the part at the time. Yeah, let's, let's hold on. I'm gonna get. In, I'm gonna get into. You more know how they put, fucking put 31 year olds yes, in as like 16 year old though. So Nicole Kidman. She's in her late 50s, I'd say. She's 56. Yeah. And then. Well. Um, a late Kate edition. Winslet is 47. Yeah, so that's a di- quite a difference in age. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kate Winslet was given the role. Um, Kate Winslet is also—I'll get into this in a moment. Kate Winslet is also someone who famously said that she would never do anything like work on a set with James Cameron again because of how horrible uh, she almost got hypothermia because he actually put them in very cold um, water temperatures that made them film for so many hours where they couldn't go to the bathroom. It was a very, very Lizzo would be like, "What the fuck." Um, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. First of all, like he wouldn't let you go to the bathroom, bitch. Why didn't you just piss yourself? You were in a big ass. That's pool. what I'm saying. You're in a giant ass. Wa- oh my give- god! Water tank, piss. It's cold. Warm it up, ho. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? The thing is, is you and Leo are so close. He would not have given two fucks about well, it. I'll get back to this, but she did say. For a long time, she was almost like traumatized by the filming of Titanic because she got sick at one point. She got pneumonia. She was like overworked, tired because of how intense the shoot of that film is. And the because there's not a lot of VFX when it comes to like the a lot of its miniatures and then yes. also a lot of uh, practical effects of like things lifts and people being like actually uh, okay so for example one thing that you may not know about this when the ship is like tilting and they're sliding is it a lot down of perception no they built a big half ship that they turned and yes. they put wheels on the bottom of their life jackets 
that they would make them slight. They weren't quite tilted as much because How they have they not done to a movie that <sighs> movies that made us about the Titanic. Oh, I know. Yet. They need to. You need to watch. There's a lot of <coughs> documentary type things or like uh, behind the scenes stuff about Titanic that's very fascinating. Okay. Um. So. I know I went on Kate, a deep dive of Titanic, like, mm-hmm. information overload. Granted. Like, the real thing, probably, the not the movie. The real thing, but this was also, too, keep in mind, this was when we were all first learning internet things. This sure, is what, I'm sure. looking this up on my school's computer, looking up all kinds of yep. Titanic. Trying to look up as much Titanic stuff as possible. This would have been shortly after Google, Google was even invented, so yep. it wasn't even a thing this is when you had Yahoo and Yahoo Games, Ask Jeeves, all that shit. And I was like, anytime we got to go to the computer lab, I was in that mm-hmm. computer through the end of my second grade, second grade year, literally hunting around for Titanic yeah. information. Yeah. And then by the time we went to third grade, our playground equipment had a higher level and we had a weird uh-huh. kid in our school who liked to take things way too seriously. If if he hadn't gotten into so much trouble, boy, howdy, would he have probably been a really great actor or something like uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. Uh, but he uh, he definitely took it very seriously, and he pretended like he was Captain Andrews, like, daily on the playground. Mr. Andrews? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. The he, captain wasn't Mr. Andrews. He was the captain, is who he was trying okay. to pretend to be. Like, he was so, on a ship. Oh, no. He was walking around doing a full military march and shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well... And, I will say, my sister and I, even, like, as kids, we would, like, act out things, like, on the slide, like, as if, like, you were being let go and, like, sliding down the Titanic. Yeah. Like, we, like, we got really into how fun, like, but it, then you, you realize as you grow up, Titanic it's is a funny. tragic story. Yeah, but as a kid, you, let me tell you something, we used to watch Trudy fly down that fucking that's that's what fucking trudy thing. trudy is and on wheels just, trudy has wheels on her we, life vest we legit, and she goes flying down that miss trudy ah! oh god that <laughs> part like those things like that because when we were kids we thought it was hilarious especially because her dress blew up and all i that know shit. but when you watch about okay so the thing about it is a lot of people have a bit of a um problem i guess with the fact that there is a romance written into the movie with Jack and Rose, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. And the thing about it is, who gives a shit? It's a movie. Everything yeah. else is factual, done with research to a T. They threw in a story that is in the middle of this big tragic event. And they do a yeah. fantastic job of at one point. There's When I rewatched this last time, there is one point that like, 10 solid minutes go by where you are just watching the devastation, the ship being torn apart, the violinist are playing. Yeah. All this stuff. You don't even see Jack and Rose. Yeah. They take plenty of time to let you know what's happening. Not only that, what I think is a brilliant piece of directing with James Cameron, and I've said this a lot at the beginning of the movie. He's so so smart. Because I watched I've watched this with so many friends that have even admit admit like that was super helpful at the beginning of the film when older Rose is sitting there and the researchers with Bill Paxton and his team are telling her like kind of walking her through. Okay. So you were there. So what we, from what we surmise, this is how this all went down. They have a computer animation of how the ship is going to sink play by play. We loved it when he goes, he's got her whole Whole ass ass out. Yeah. Yeah. And we were the kids who like shit happens. You know, we loved her whole ass is out. But what that does for you, what that does is it completely illustrates and lets you know how this is going to happen. Right. Yeah. So when it starts happening, you know, in your mind, what is okay. So then this is going to, you're like anticipating and knowing. So then when something starts happening where it starts to split, you're like, Oh my God, this is where it's going to break in half. Oh, like, cause you know, you've seen how it happens. And then when it's up in the air and Rose is like, what's, what's happening, Jack, you're like on bated breath knowing it's about to swallow them whole. And so it's such a great tactic in like building this, like not suspense, but like you're afraid of like, once this, facade of this love story breaks apart and when that iceberg hits everything's gonna go to shit and they're all gonna die yeah and the way that they the it is it is acted brilliantly victor garber is so good in it mall or the unsinkable molly brown was an addition kathy later in the film bates. kathy bates which she still is playing a real character real character but they, they, just they added, added they added kathy a... bates to play yeah. her and then gave her a little bit of a bigger role yeah 
Um, well, she is phenomenal in yeah. it. I love her in that role. Um, Leo and Kate, I don't give a shit what any of y'all motherfuckers say. Their chemistry, their chemistry is unmatched in the movie. It's it still is, that way. They've had other movies. But people be it. like, it's not even like organic or whatever. I fucking cry my little titties off every time I watch that movie because <laughs> they are so in love titty. with each other in even a short amount of time. Now, I know a lot of people, there is a Billy Zane hate club that has been formed since the 90s because of this movie. And that is who plays Cal, uh, yeah. Rose's <laughs> Rose's fiance, from when he like flips the table on her and stuff. Um, oh, yeah, fucking like, Yes, yes you are! <laughs> and my wife, my wife in practice, if not by law, so you will do as I order. Oh, God, yeah. He yeah, is... he's awful now, in it. You know what? Although she does cheat on him in his face, but you know, like, whatever. Well, she didn't like also to keep in mind I'd she was be his whore than your wife. No shit. Fuck, I God. Love that line. I was like, first of all, also keep in mind she's sixteen years I know, old. I know. And the real thing is, is what you don't realize until halfway through the movie because it's just a, it's a long track. It's a three and a half hour movie, but yeah. there is halfway through the film you do realize that. Rose's mother is forcing Rose into this marriage because they have no money. They've yeah. lost all their money. And isn't she- it wild to consider that even then, just barely a hundred years ago, they were still forcing fucking women to yep. marry for social status. And that line where she's like, it's so unfair. And she goes, it's, of course it's unfair. We're women. Our choices are never easy because they're all, all your father left us was a good name and bad debts do you want to see me as a seamstress and all of her like she just puts it on her daughter yeah whereas rose could care less and she would like to be penniless with jack which i can only assume is kind of what her life was after when she got back because she took jack j- took jack's last name and then ran away from her life she could have been homeless well i don't think she was now i do love where did fa- she go well, I don't know, but I will tell you this much. There ain't no way she's homeless and riding horses dressed the way well, she was Well, eventually she got remarried, remember? And she yeah, had she a had life. A bunch she of kids had kids and, yeah. and grandkids. But also, too, she was told to go do that. Of course. But my thing, so Rose is, to me, a wonderful character that has a lot of tenacity. And I love that they have this. I love that she's a firecracker. Yeah. And that the fact that Jack really brings out who she truly is. I think that's a really great part of the story. Um, one really famous thing about the story or about the movie is the score. And the score um, was done by Howard Shore. And he um, he also did uh, – wait, no. James Howard – James – Nor- Howard Nor- it's I can't, it's, it's something like that. Anyway, the guy who did the score. The score, yeah, I'm yeah. getting sidetracked. But the thing is, is there was never supposed to be a – it was never supposed to be a love theme for the movie. But as we all know, there is a very... James, v- James Horner. Horner. I just realized it when you said it. <laughs> um, when Howard Shore did Lord of the Rings. That's why. Um, uh, James Horner. So, And Danny he, Elfman did all those uh, Tim Burton movies. Yeah. So with the he score... Big Adventure. Yeah, when Batman... He did all the Batman movies. Do you remember about the basement in the Alamo? Jesus, no. Um, okay, so here's the thing. There was never supposed James Cameron was very against like having like a pop song or anything for the movie. Yeah. So what happened was is the theme that was written with My Heart Will Go On with James Warner and James Cameron. James Cameron plays the piano theme. The the scene where Rose is getting drawn by Jack. James yes. Cameron is the one playing the piano, and he's the one that draws the yes, photo. He draws them titties. So, what's crazy to me is he never wanted it, but that song and the score kind of writes itself with that theme. They presented it kind of behind James Cameron's back to Celine Dion. Bro. And that song famously, has- Celine Dion recorded it once as a demo in her home studio. It was perfect. They never re recorded it, and the song we've heard for 20 plus years is the first time that bitch ever looked at the sheet music, recorded it. They said, that's perfect. Took it to James Cameron. He said, yeah, make that a song. Bro, Do it. I'm going to tell you something though, too. That Consi- song is fantastic. Consider the fact that she also did uh, the From Ashes song on fucking Deadpool. Have you ever yeah. sat and listened oh, to it? Oh, yeah. It's a fucking banger. She's a, what a she's love a, song. She's the greatest singer in the world. But Ba-ba. she, the thing about it is that... The, oh, and she's got, like, was it stiff yeah, person syndrome? Get, 
she is not ever going to really be able to sing and perform again. Dang. It's very sad. Hey, she got out there and performed passionately, though, for so Beautiful, long. beautiful voice. And I think she brought an- the film itself, huge phenomenon, beautifully done, the effects, everything, the story, Cry Like a Baby. But I think what adds a little bit of an extra cultural phenomenon to it is that, that song. song. That song. With that fucking flute. The, and the flute and the uh, voice that does that medley in the uh, melody in the background is goes through the oh, whole yeah. movie. It's almost like a ghostly, it like, is. yeah, it's, it's the spirits it's... of the 1500 people that went into the sea. And the only, well, that now, only, you know what? Now that you said that now I'm creeped out by it. I'm not going to lie. Like I actually got a very creepy vibe. It's, by... it's supposed to be that... this kind of haunting, but beautiful sound. I and know. then, you know, and that's why people get, you know, pissed off when people want to go just fuck around with the Titanic and, then they die. It is. But I will also say I I I'm not and I'm saying this as someone who like you know we are uh real big 911 fans. Like yeah, you sure. and I, I mean the thing is, is I don't I if I was in New York City would I want to check it out a little bit? Sure. I don't have any burning desire in my soul to go to like the memorial or the like freedom tower anything like that like where it stood you know how ground zero like, no yeah, yeah i don't think i would it's, either it's not like i for me like i, I think would, it would i think it would make me feel kind of sick almost like uncomfortable like uh, from afar it's good to kind of observe but i would I never want to actually I, I think about it i think i'd want to get kind of close see what happens i don't know you know, um, let's just see what happens. Let's get a little weird. Do you want to go climb a tower and see if we can no. walk the fucking tightrope across that shit? No. Well, you know, like what was it? No, there was a movie that someone did that, a documentary where someone. Yeah, no, did it's that, called yeah. the it's called the Walk is the one you're talking about with fucking. I it was called the Man on the Wire. The Man on the Wire, which has yeah. got uh, our friend Joseph Gordon-Levitt on it. I've yeah. actually watched that movie. It's not bad, and the visual effects are phenomenal Ooh. in that one too. And it's because they shot it for an IMAX. Oh yeah. So, like, when you watch it, even on your television, you're like, holy shit, that's a fucking shot. So, James Cameron, um, he broke some records with this film. Um, Titanic was the highest grossing film in box office history. Until? Up until Avatar, when he broke that again, James yeah. Cameron. Um, so How much did Avatar make again? The first Avatar was mind-blowing at the box office. This next, you know, the newest one didn't yeah. do as well, obviously, but things have changed. But James Cameron broke a lot of records. Also, Titanic won 11 Oscars. Yes. Um, didn't quite get a clean sweep, I don't think, because uh, Kate and Leo did not win. Uh, acting awards that night, but um, that's right because Leo didn't win any fucking Oscars. The Revenant, till yeah. the Revenant, but Which, uh, the fact that he didn't win anything for what's eating Gilbert Grape to me too still just blows. Uh, Celine Dion mind. broke records with My Heart Will Go On. Uh, the movie holds a lot of records in the sense of like things that it accomplished first before any other film. My brain did um, not want to hear the D on holds, and I thought you were going to start talking about the movie Holes, and I was like, I'm tired of this, Grandpa. <laughs> Um, another thing I really love is that Kate Winslet, like I said earlier, said that she probably would never work on a set with James Cameron again until she decided, let me fuck around and find out and do another James Cameron movie. And she was in the new Avatar, uh, The Way of Water, where once again, it was all shot in a tank because it's all a movie about being in water. And she had VFX stuff on and stuff. But she said it was a lovely experience and that she loves James. Um, she's also a lot older this time. She's grown up. She was a kid back then. Yeah, it said and... she was 22 when the movie came out. So she was but she, they were filming it when she was 19. 19 they started 20, filming it when she was 19. and Because it did take a long time. The mm-hmm. effects, like the shattering if of the, the movie window. If fucking three hours, how long do you think it's going to take to film that shit? I think it took them a long... I think, I, from what I remember seeing, because they actually just did a redo kind of back behind the scenes thing I watched with the thing about the like it was on ABC or something that was on, that's on Hulu and they talked about the extensive you know stuff they did for the first one also there's been like mythbusters about the door the fucking door I yeah because they were trying to make sure see, see if you could can actually actually, actually be on, on it. it um I know that there was also a company that also tested the theory on how it was act like how the sinking would have fully mm-hmm. actually occurred did another simulation kind yep. of thing but like with an actual small boat but also was able to recreate how the boat would have been like weight distribution on all of uh-huh. it and how it all would have gone which was interesting 
Um, I did tell you I was going to save this for my favorite part of Titanic. First of all, now that I think about it, there are yeah. two that are my favorites. Okay. Um, I love when the man falls off the ship and hits his leg of on the propeller do. and does a full-on solid flip. Do. I'm going to tell you something, though. There's other people who I've, like, have on Snapchat who, when they've watched it, has also posted that, and I've been like, oh, fucking thank God, someone else is appreciating Oh, that was a huge... People much. thought that was hilarious. Oh, it's fucking... You can't help but laugh when to you me, see somebody's I'm like, propeller. To me, I'm already deep into my sadness and crying at that point. So when it happens in the movie, I'm like, oh, God, another person's dying. Like, I also, too, love the fact that when he hits him, he just does all those fucking flips after that. It goes, ah! And even then, he's got his arms out the whole time, so he's just out there fucking flipping around. Well, it's, it's it the up. way that they imply that he immediately died when he hit it. Well, because it's like, ah! No, oh, yeah. Then flip, 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 flip. Yeah, flip, yeah. Flip, well, of course. Flip. I'm assuming he probably just hit his head and, like, called it a night on that shit. You know I what I mean? I think they show that it's his leg, but I think probably the immense pain or something, like, knocked him out. And then he just and drowned he anyway. Went straight shock. Probably. And then, really, you know, all um, the one thing that you don't even realize when until I got a little older, when the, when the boat breaks and mm-hmm. the front or the back part crashes back down, crashes back down, all those people underneath it. Oh are yeah, smashed. Yeah, because you have to keep in mind, like first of all, the ship itself is so fucking. They're heavy. all jumping to try and get away, and then they get squashed. Squashed. Um, but my other thing that is actually a fucking true thing mm-hmm. is the man who is hanging onto the back. Oh, I know of the exactly where you're going with this. Next I know. Yeah, to Jack yeah. and Rose was he a survived. He was the fucking <laughs> chef, the chef on the ship yep. who was such an alcoholic. That his blood alcohol level Way was so high, high yeah. he could not freeze to death in the yep. ocean. And yep. he was one of he the survived. last people to get he pulled was, under. They, and they show it on the, and in the movie. And he's on there next the to The last Rose. person you see standing up before the boat goes down. is him. They show him in his white, like, he has but his chef's too, outfit on with his life jacket on. Things to consider is when he stands up, he doesn't get sucked down as hard as the people who are holding on tight to Because he, it. like, stands up and lets it go, but he... He's able himself. To, yeah, he's able yep. to bounce up a lot yep. easier. So even then, that man, li- literally, alcohol saved that man's yep. life. And there's nothing, in, there's like, that's And there like, were only six that were saved. Yeah. From going well, back after the, after yeah. the 1500 yeah. went into the, the ocean, six got saved. Yeah. And well, I mean, at that point, too, you come back, they're all fucking frozen. And now. Except for the drunk man. And now, I will say. And the girl on the door. There's like contention about, you know them being assholes and not going back but there is something to listen to in the fact that if we go back they will swamp, like swamp- us and t- that is true yeah it's true and it it's is a matter survival. of like, it's fighting for your life the biggest problem that fucking the biggest problem the titanic there wasn't had, enough boats they didn't fucking consider the yep. fact that they didn't have enough room for the, they didn't and have they talk boats. about it in the movie like victor garber's character is like wow rose By you missed way, nothing the fact that victor garber literally is constantly playing straight men and he is the gayest guy in the world kills me first of all because you look at him and you're just like i look at him i'm like you know that man's gay look at it look at his impeccable style also playing a straight man on in just like that um he's technically i think supposed to be playing a straight man on uh is he supposed to be a straight guy on schitt's creek yes no i think he's Somewhat fruity. Sorry, the, char- the character he that he played in Sunrise Bay was straight, but yes, I think that he, he was, gay. was gay. But even then, so sign yeah, the fucking contract. That's also too, that's <laughs> at the beginning of the show. That's with her no, and Roland. Oh, right. When she slaps him, she just she doesn't say sign the contract. She just slaps him. Just slaps him to slap him. But the sign the fucking contract is a great. Oh, I know. Oh I god. love that oh shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. I've been tossing contract. that on a little bit more god, here and great. there lately. Shit's Creek. It's. You know what? We need to probably maybe do like a TV show review. At some oh, point. I know we will at some point. Yeah. I just feel like it, like if we start to pepper those things in throughout, you know, while we have breaks between Drag Race, like why not? Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, um, so yeah, honestly, Titanic will always have a special place in my heart. Be one of my absolute favorites. Um, you know, I'll probably go like another year or so and then rewatch it again. And um, then I will I'll probably cry like a baby. Watch Forrest Gump here in the next three weeks. I got to give myself a little time because literally I have emotional like breakdown when I watch yeah. it. Yeah. Like I will cry like a baby. I start crying in the movie the second that Rose jumps back on the ship to be with Jack and they run oh, to each I other and she says, 
You jump, I jump, right? So the other thing I will say, you know, you were talking about how people have complained about them having like this love story in the middle of this tragedy yeah, story, yeah, yeah. right? The things to consider is like, okay, the people that were on the ship and got off, it's not like they have some sort of story to tell them at this point, right? Yeah. And the people who were uh, like what, what the story of Jack and Rose, I think really is supposed to do is just show like, they were real people on this boat. Like these are the different kinds of people who you would have seen on these ships. These are just two people who happen to, these people who happen to interact. These are two people who happen to like actually have something to share. And a poor man. But also to the fact that you get to see like how they would have handled things with like, you know, with them having the security on the boat with when Cal's trying to frame Jack and all that shit. Oh God. But also too, how they would have handled it if they did have a prisoner on the boat and they were down Just in the bottom of the ship. Just left him there to die. Like, yeah. that's, like, these are the things that I liked about that story there because all it does is show you, like, these are other things that people had to experience. Because, yes, does it seem absolutely ridiculous that this one little couple is going through all of these fucking experiences? Oh, yeah. But that's God crazy. damn, it's a good story. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's just also, too, like, this is a way to see, like, these are all the different experiences these people on this ship had. Just yeah. because we're using two attractive young adults doesn't mean that oh yeah yeah it's just one of those things that when i think about it and then two to think about the fact of like there's only so many people who got out of the water you have to have somebody who went down with the ship who comes out like you have to have a way to tell one of, that yeah you're one of your main characters has to be and the way that they do do a great balance of cutting to the main story and going back to the present where we have older rose they do it in such a way that you don't even feel like it's this like flashback here flashback like the, she the story is coming from her the yeah. whole time but you don't feel like it's this hokey like i'm telling you a story like you don't you don't feel that way i also too uh love the fact that they do show that rose is dealing with a little bit of dementia at the beginning as well because he says this is my daughter my granddaughter we just met like mm-hmm. it's talking about how she just met her granddaughter the granddaughter's like yeah remember it was just not, like but she can remember everything about titanic well she but here's a, this is something to consider because even then we saw this with tony bennett things that like were large points in your life they don't go away yeah and even then um the my favorite murder podcast i've been reading their book the one gal her mom got alzheimer's mm-hmm. and she said going through it it's one of those things like when you start watching how this all goes like it's just such a like, it could be totally fine one minute, and the next minute, like, they're just not, like, they're confused, they're disoriented, they have no idea what's going on. And so the way, the best way to do it is just to go along with it. So even then, what the granddaughter is doing is going along with She's like, we just met. She's like, yeah, remember, we just met yep. on deck. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She's just, like, trying to, like, go along with it. So it's one of those things that Part when... of me always thought that she was faking that so that he wouldn't let on, or, like, he wouldn't figure out that she's not letting on about the fact that she has the diamond. Yeah. I always used to think that she was kind of being, like, Oh, I'm so forgetful. So that he would be like, oh, so maybe she doesn't know where the diamond is. So, yeah. But anyways, so. So, yeah, that's that's my that's my favorite. And uh, now we've gone through your fave and uh, my fave, your fave, all the. And if you want a good double feature, what Paramount Plus did for me is when I finished Titanic, it literally told me. Up next, Forrest Gump, as if it knew that it was our two favorite movies. So, and Well, and even then, we've had a lot of experiences. Even then, I had a lot of experiences where, like, right after I had my surgery last year, I came out of surgery and went into my room to rest and my best friend's wedding I know. was on. Yeah. The following week, I go to the fucking dentist. The best friend, my best friend's wedding is on. Like, it's just, we have those weird, quirky coincidences yeah. that just pop up a lot. But... Even then, we'll figure out what we're going to review next week. We'll figure yeah. it the fuck out. We just thought we'd uh, give you guys a double feature of like uh, our favorite movies, and then we'll see what's going on next. You know, I'm sure it won't be too, too long before Drag Race is back up and running and we have a season to review. Um, but, you know, we're just trying up until to like, then. I can't, I could not continue to do like a million episodes of the Drag Race reviews. I would just get so lost. No, we've got to do, I think we'll keep it probably just on the American seasons. I'm excited for like regular season of like season 16 Drag Race. Like that'll be fun. Yeah. But like we can't, as much as, I mean, unless we like start watching Canada and we're like, we fucking love this because Canada 4 will be out maybe in fall. Okay. Um, I might be up we for We do that love one. Brooklyn, and, like, right now, like, Down Under is on, and it's a fucking terrain. I have also, too, not been a huge... Like, I, I didn't love the first season. The second one was good. This third one... second one was what okay. What I saw this when I watched down. it at your house, I did not... I wasn't impressed Season three really. so far is terrible. Like, I don't even care about the next episode. 
So. Yeah, so and that's that's big for Josh to not want to give a shit it's about. It's just it, so. it's the production, it's the tiny little shed that they seem to be filming it in. Like I'm just <laughs> like, what's going on? Are they are real, they in a she shed? This last episode, the two girls that went home, or the the girl that went home, the two girls got to hug each other because one's being eliminated, and she's like all sad about it. Uh-huh. She's wearing like a Catwoman inspired outfit, mm-hmm. and she's like crying, and Rue goes meow. <laughs> And everyone's like, Rue is not taking this seriously at all. Like, Rue's on vacation in Australia. Like, yeah, oh, Rue's yeah, like, I got to get in drag today. <laughs> got to put on an outfit. Oh. Literally, he just they hug each other. He goes, meow. And they cut to Rue, and they show Rue make the noise. I'm like, so the production ain't taking it seriously either. They no, don't care about these bitches either. No, they, they've all decided, we out, we out. All right, you guys. Well, well, we'll see you on Friday. We'll be yeah, back. Yeah, we'll see you Friday. Hey-o. And have a great day. Bye. Bye.